Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Well, in a non-PPR league, Tyreek Hill outscored Deshaun Watson. He would have been the number one quarterback this week, and Watson scored 40 fantasy points. But no, Tyreek Hill did not have the best fantasy game ever for a wide receiver. Not too far off, but once upon a time, Jerry Rice had a five-touchdown game. That is the best game ever for a wide receiver. Welcome to the show Sunday Night Recap here. Wacky day already today. Uh, David Montgomery, in a game that's still in progress, had a really long run. So you know things are just crazy today. Uh, and Kendall Hinton was a starting quarterback for the Broncos, and they had like 113 total yards or something like that. Dave Richard and Heath Cummings are here. Dave, um, what was your biggest Week 12 takeaway? Montgomery, on one carry, had more fantasy points than Damian Harris had all <laughs> game long. More than Giovanni Bernard, more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Wow. More than Chase Edmonds, more than Melvin Gordon. None of those are that surprising, though. One carry for David well, That's the Montgomery most surprising part. <laughs> had more fantasy points than those guys had in each of their games. Don't even get me started on Josh Jacobs. Uh, the Raiders were horrible. And yeah. I think the Falcons' defense is going to be a problem. I know they didn't play well against Taysom Hill last week, I guess. Uh, but they uh, they got it together this week, and they stuck it to the Raiders. Hey, Heath. What's up? What's going on? Biggest takeaway? There's a lot, and we can get into like exactly how many we can parse the number, but maybe like a quarter of the league has offenses that just terrify me right now. <laughs> from a, a fantasy standpoint, yeah. or like the offenses are bad? And like from a yes. RBBC kind of deal? or No, I mean like they're starting Brandon Allen yeah. or. Um, even How Taysom Hill, or, or they're starting, or they're starting Mike Glennon, and then Mike Glennon ends up looking great. Twenty-one points, I believe. Twenty-one fantasy points for Glennon in a competitive game. Well, yeah. Why don't you guys just reflect on what the last couple of days has been like? Have been like for you? Uh, it's we don't have enough time. <laughs> we just don't. Well, what do we say to fantasy managers? Uh, get ready for a month like we've never seen before. Oh, I think it's, they've already been participating in a year like they've never seen before. Right. Let's be let's be fair. It, it, the first eleven weeks went off pretty smoothly. Uh, there were games moved around. Dave, of all things considered, I, no, it was, it, that all COVID. things considered, because you played fantasy baseball, I think. Oh well, I think Adam, there, this there was has only been a, a completely different type. Everybody will tell you that that this is a completely different type of year. It already has been. What we saw on Saturday. What we saw on Saturday was with all these COVID cases, with a practice squad wide receiver starting at, at for Denver, 
We had not had anything like this. The cases are rising, and if for whatever reason, I mean, let's let's be real, the guys who got COVID so far earlier in the year, it just seemed to not hit the star players totally randomly. Then Lamar Jackson, and the, basically the, everybody on the Ravens gets it. Adam Thielen. Um, so Jonathan Taylor not didn't get it, but he's in quarantine. This we had, was a crazy we had the week. week where we had two teams Connor. that were supposed to play that just didn't play that week. Okay, I, I, it is right, my belief I, that I this get, week was crazy. I get crazy. what you're saying. Like, if this year has been a merry-go-round, hmm. um, then probably by, like, week four, the merry-go-round was spinning at about 100 revolutions per minute. And on Saturday, it, like, was going so fast round and around that it started lifting up off the ground and going into space. It's definitely crazy. It's frustrating for it, fantasy managers. But uh, we, we can all agree that it's been a weird-ass year. And yet we're still setting lineups. We're all still going for our fantasy championships. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you don't like fantasy football very much this year. Um, it's going to be better next year. It'll be more <laughs> oh, fun from again next year. So like, don't hold it against fantasy football. Don't don't think I never want to do this again because we're never going to have to do, hopefully, it like yeah. this again. Um, sure. But it's, I mean, it's okay to feel like that. Worst case scenario, and then we should really get to the game. It's the worst case scenario. There's a better protocol in place next year. Best case scenario, we're all vaccinated and yeah. everything's great again. <laughs> but that's a subject for a podcast that isn't one well, we produce. This was a wild week, you know, just like the Dolphins running back situation, the Falcons running back situation. Just very unpredictable week. Throw in the Broncos. That was a total mess. And uh, okay, there we go. That's uh, kind of a recap of the last few days. Thanks. I, I hope the bonus pods have been helpful and all the tweets and all that. We're really trying to be as dedicated as we can. We appreciate your dedication to our show. And we try not to let you down. Watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. It's fun. You get to see what we look like. And join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash fantasy football today. Uh, is that the URL, Schrager? Am I making that up? Slash groups slash fantasy football. That's today. it. That's it. Thank you. Um, or you can just search fantasy football today on Facebook. That's probably easier. So um, yeah, join us there. Great community of fantasy football players. Uh, good stuff there. Good conversation. Starter sit. Grade the trade. All those things. And Robert Thomas and Ben Schrager do a great job moderating that board uh, that Facebook group. Your news and notes. Another fool you injury from Dalvin Cook. This one looked really bad. He's like, nope, I'm good. Coming right back in. So that was good to see. They fooled you with this fantasy performance. They sure did. Uh, Josh Jacobs left with an injury. They have the Jets next week. John Gruden is concerned. Yeah, it did not look good. Daniel Jones left in the third quarter, came back for one play. He apparently has a bad hamstring injury. And they have Seattle next week, then Arizona, then Cleveland. And that stinks. That's a bummer. Colt McCoy replaced him. Josh Allen hurt his knee. He came right back. He missed one play. Matt Barkley got sacked on that one play. Other injuries, Philip Lindsay left with a knee injury. You remember how good Melvin Gordon was when Lindsay was out? You figure their quarterbacks should be back next week at Kansas City. So uh, Philip Lindsay left with a knee injury. Hopefully he can get back soon. If not, it's a boost for Gordon. Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore both had injuries. Teddy Bridgewater left as well. As of right now, I do not know the severity of these injuries. You guys can chime in if you do. And so we're looking at we're looking at Jacobs. We're looking at Daniel Jones. We're looking at Philip Lindsay, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, and Teddy Bridgewater. A few other game notes. Carolina safety Jeremy Chin on consecutive plays. He returned a fumble for a touchdown. And he set the stage then for Kirk Cousins to have to throw. And Kirk Cousins ended up having a great game. Again, we'll talk about him. 
Uh, Matt Breida fumbled in the third quarter. You might just see the box score. DeAndre Washington had a lot more carries than Matt Breida. Well, by my count, I went through the box score. I may have gotten this a, a touch wrong, but I guarantee this is pretty accurate. By my count, after he fumbled in the third quarter, he had one carry, Breida, and DeAndre Washington had nine. So that was a turning point there. And the Broncos, Guaranteed stats that are pretty accurate. You, These are stats. You get the, you get the gist. And Noah Fant had the only catch by a Bronco today. One catch for 13 yards. Wow. Yeah. I have a friend who covers the Broncos. He's been covering football as long as I have, so 20 years. He said that today is like the biggest stupid spectacle. He didn't use the word stupid that he's ever seen in professional football. And he's covered the arena too. <laughs> I I think it was a disservice to football fans. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think it was a disservice to Hinton. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, Drew Locke should be whenever he's out of protocol, taking Hinton out to a, a very nice steak dinner and apologizing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was bad. Uh, believe it or not, here we go. Courtesy of Heath Cummings. Believe it or not, Alan Robbins or uh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara <laughs> will disappoint until Drew Brees returns. Believe it. Did, or did not. Alan Robinson just do something? No, no, he. I'm not watching. He dropped. He will a touchdown. also disappoint until Drew Brees returns. <laughs> he had an almost touchdown in the first quarter. Camara uh, will disappoint until Drew Brees returns. Camara had 11 carries for 54 yards and one catch for negative two yards. Believe it or not. I mean, you've got to believe it in terms of the passing game. Uh, does he have one catch? One from catch. Taysom Hill in two games for negative two yards. Oh my God, that's not really what we're looking for here. I do respect that Kamara's playing Atlanta next week, but I just got done telling you the Falcons' defense is going to be a problem. I uh, I would expect them to be fired up for the rematch against the Saints, and uh, you're going to start Kamara anyway. Don't expect him to be like a top three fantasy running back. Yeah, I mean, I, I do believe it for sure. I I kind of started to believe it last week. Um, I'm really kind of worried because it's not just the passing game. It's that Taysom Hill has four rushing touchdowns in two games. And we've seen Cam Newton and Kyler Murray, both vulture touchdowns away from running backs. And I I can kind of overlook the Latavius Murray just being better than him the last two weeks. But I also think like we, we've seen it with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, that style of running back that just see hole go forward um, works really well with a running quarterback that's that's had hit, hit in the edge. And so I do think that maybe Murray's role is a little bigger than it was before Taysom Hill was the quarterback. Um, you're, I mostly agree with Dave. You're probably not in a position to bench Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's a chance that your second round running back is better than him next week. And you also had James Robinson on the waiver wire. Mm, sure. You're definitely starting those two. Right. Nick Chubb, James Robinson, Alvin Kamara start two. I don't see how you can start Kamara with much confidence there. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, last week he said he'd take Robinson over Kamara until Breeze gets back. I hurled tomatoes at him, basically, uh, mm. verbally. But yeah, Dave, would you agree with that now? I think you have to now. Okay. All right. Believe it or not, number two. Um, hold on one second. Where, there we go. Wayne Gallman is a must-start running back rest of season. Get ready to hurl tomatoes at me again. 
because I was I was wrong on Gallman this week, and if he's this good again next week, I will continue to be wrong. I think he's a, a, a number oh. two running back in PPR and a flex, or number two in non-PPR. He's been very good in this stretch recently where the Giants have been a competitive, functional football team against bad, bad teams. And now they're going to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Yeah, I completely agree with you, by the way. I looked like a, and, and more important, like the Seahawks looked like a better defense last week, but more importantly, they have Russell Wilson and they're going to score 30 points. And so that's not going to be a Goleman type game script. So I don't think he's a must start running back this week. I uh, I think by default, he will be a top 24 running back. He's got a nice touchdown streak going. We know that he's the lead back for the Giants. We know the offensive line's playing better, but the matchups are getting tougher. It's not just Seattle next week. It's Arizona after that. Cleveland after that at Baltimore in week 16. I don't know who's going to be there for the Ravens in week 16, but hopefully by then they're, they're raring to go. And Daniel Jones got hurt. So if, 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 if his injury is significant, it's going to make it a little bit easier to defend the run moving forward against the Giants. Here's another Azer stat that I think is close to correct. I believe he had nine carries for 37 yards after the Jones injury. But their offense is going to be, and it was a bad offense to begin with. Jones playing a little better. It's going to be worse, a lot worse with Colt McCoy, unfortunately, and that hurts. If we if we could still make trades, Gallman would be a sell high right now for sure. Are we even thinking about Devontae Freeman, and or do you think Freeman's just out? Out, you know, like I think it depends. Um, like I think what would and my expectation is that Devontae Freeman would take the touches that Alfred Morris and Deion Lewis are getting right now and maybe a slightly higher percentage of the overall touches than those two are getting. Um, it probably like if Wayne Gallman is what he's been so far over the next two weeks and then Freeman comes back, I don't think Freeman matters at all. If Gallman struggles in these next two games, then it might matter in the fantasy playoffs. Okay. So next up we have a, a Kyler Murray, uh, believe it or not. I think that was, I was wondering if I had anything else. To add. I don't think I do. Here we go. Uh, believe it or not, it's time to worry about Kyler Murray. It was almost like a little poem there. I, I like it, it was thinking that. Yeah. Oh, yes. I know what I was going to say. I was going to say Heath would love if I hurled tomatoes at him because he thinks that tomatoes are his favorite fruit, which is just weird. Wait, I don't think that tomatoes you, are my favorite you're fruit. Wrong. They're definitely my favorite fruit. I think they're they not are your favorite undeniably fruit. the best fruit. They're the most useful fruit. They're not your favorite fruit. You wouldn't just sit They're there the best and fruit. pick it tomato. Uh, anyway, uh, Kyler, it's time to worry about Kyler Murray, believe it or not. Define worry. Like bench him? No, I mean, you could be worried and still start him. Yeah, that's what we do with half the people in fantasy. Hmm. I uh, I I did not like what I saw from that offense today. They did not challenge the Patriots much downfield. Kyler didn't run like a madman. He was okay. So I am a little bit worried. Plus, we saw Kenyon Drake get a couple of short yardage touchdowns. Those used to go to Kyler Murray regularly. Yes. And they ran the ball fairly effectively against the Patriots. And their schedule is not easy after this game. So, yes, I am worried. Worryometer. 6.1. Yeah. Um, five rush attempts each of the past two games ties his season low. The 15 rushing yards um, last week were his season low. And he's not been 
exceptional as a passer this year. Um, the passing numbers are just kind of good. So if he's not going to run as much, if he's not 100%, and he's not throwing downfield as much because he's not 100%, I think there's a real reason to think that you're maybe just getting kind of a, a normal QB1 with a ton of upside on a weekly basis, but a very low floor too. I can't imagine that I don't, I'm not really even started thinking about it, but I can't imagine there will be any players actually available on the waiver wire that I would start over Kyler Murray next week. Yeah, like Kirk Cousins? I don't know who's playing. I'm looking it up right now. But he, Cousins he's playing is, Jacksonville. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's on fire. He's just absolutely on fire. Um, and Arizona is facing the Rams? Rams. The, yeah. Yikes. Coming off a loss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, Dave, you mentioned the Kenyon Drake rushing touchdowns. It's like, we were so... Kenyon Drake was the biggest bust for weeks, right? Biggest bust. Huge bust. I can't believe he's so... Because every time I got to the goal line, it was it was a play fake, and it was a keeper, basically, for, for Kyler Murray, and he would run it in. Yeah. He, he had a rushing... He has a rushing touchdown in all but two or three games now, and it's just funny, like, just how much your fantasy fortunes can change based on whether or not Kyler Murray hands the ball off to Kenyon Drake or keeps it himself and runs it in, and lately he's been handing it off. And I can't sit here and say that the defenses are... I'm not, I'm not sure if the defenses are playing it better, but you've got to think that they're adjusting and making him hand the ball off. That could be that could be one thing, but it's just kind of... I don't want to say good mm. luck or bad luck. It's just it's just the way it goes. You know, it's been Kenyon Drake hammering it in instead of but Kyler Murray I guess keeping it. My question it. is, is that because... like I thought it Murray looked more risk-averse today. He did not look like There's someone... definitely who, some of that. Who wanted to get hit? And why is that? Well, I assume it has something to do with the shoulder injury. That's what I would think. Mm-hmm. Look at the last two weeks. Kenyon Drake used to never get receptions and targets, and he got a bunch last week. And I don't know how many he had today, but I know he had some. I believe they. I believe Drake and Edmonds combined for nine targets today. Okay, so like there's some proof, along with the fact that he's not running as much and that he looked risk averse and that he wasn't challenging downfield very often. And when he did, sometimes he was off target. Yeah. And th- there's another thing in play. When Kenyon Drake got hurt, remember he got carted off the field and he had a towel over his head. I feel like that night he was visited by the ghost of Kenyon Drake's past, <laughs> the ghost of Kenyon Drake's present, and the ghost of Kenyon Drake's future. And they all talked to him and said, okay, Kenyon, now it's time for you to change all the things that have been wrong with your play. And you'll get this extra chance to come back this isn't a season-ending injury. You'll be just fine, Kenyon. And he came back, and now it's like he's been given, you know, an extra green mushroom in Super Mario. And now he's able to go back at it, and he's playing better. I want to believe... Cardinals are taking advantage. I want to go back to the ghost of Kenyon Drake's past for a moment. Sure, sure. I want to believe that, like, there's this black and white montage of him and Adam Gase. That's who the ghost is. (laughs) (laughs) And the eyes are going back and forth and up and down. Uh, well, but let saying, me don't be like me when I get fired after I go in 16. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me uh, let me uh, broaden this here to DeAndre Hopkins, because if you take away the Hale Murray, which was a 43 yard touchdown catch, this would this be also a good call. This would be his yardage in his last four games. 30, 85, 51 and 55. And there'd be I don't think any touchdowns. I think that's his only touchdown in his last four games. So, 
you know, and here comes Jalen Ramsey. What are you going to do? I mean, you're not going to sit him, but it's just it's just something to keep I, in mind. He might be he might be a little easier to sit than Alvin Kamara. Let's say maybe we're all all we're doing is softening the blow for the first round playoff loss. <laughs> oh, to the Kyler Murray manager. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep, sorry, it, keep it keep it in mind. Um, all right. Let's go to our last happen. one. Yeah, I hope so. Unless I play it. <laughs> um, believe it or not, believe it or not, Jarvis Landry is back. I, of course, I benched him this week. I suck. He was only started in 33% of leagues, eight catches, 143 yards and a touchdown, and a, on oh, 11 man. targets for Landry. Uh, believe it or not, he's back. This was his Jobu week, and against Jacksonville, you had to figure that he would get some opportunities. I kind of liked him as a flex in PPR. I didn't even rank him in my top 48 in non-PPR. I did not see 11 targets coming. I did not see over 100 yards coming. Uh, I kind of saw a touchdown maybe coming for him. Uh, No, I don't think he's back. I believe it. Remember the Titans? That's who he plays this week. And they are terrible against the pass as well. They just resurrected T.Y. Hilton's season. Um, It's mostly been (laughs) Jarvis Landry dominating targets since Odell Beckham got hurt. It's just that they've thrown the ball like five times a game because the weather's been bad. He has two games in those four games without Beckham with 11 targets. I don't think they're going to just be able to run, 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 run and beat the Titans. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. And then in week 15 and 16, he faces the the legendary secondaries of the New York Giants and New York Jets. And so I, I think rest of season, he's a top 25 wide receiver in PPR. He does now have two games with 11 targets since the Odell injury. And you're saying because the games in Houston against Houston and Philly were in bad weather, they shouldn't count. And he would have had plenty of targets in those games anyway. If they'd thrown the ball, I get where I get where you're coming from. I'm fine. Keeping him on my team. There's, I would be stunned if he has a game that's even 80% this. Okay. Like th- this is his best we'll, game of the year. We'll take 50% We've been waiting this. for this. Yeah. Yeah. 50%. This is great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, okay, just, but four catches for seventy yards but, and half a touchdown is like wide receiver twenty-five. Yeah, okay, I guess <laughs> it's fine. PPR points. It's no, it's half a touchdown. It's fourteen PPR points. It's totally okay, fine. Okay. Uh, look, Jacksonville's the worst. Keep that in mind. They are they are so bad at football. And I was watching the Bengals game today. They are horrible. I mean, they are a JV team. So, did you see the Broncos? Well, the Broncos didn't have four quarterbacks. So there are some really bad teams. And and in terms of wide receiver matchups, Jacksonville's right up there with the very best. If you get targets, you're going to do well. Some noteworthy almost touchdowns today. You guys can fill in the blanks. I'm sure I missed some. Darius Slayton dropped what would have been a 74-yard touchdown. He just was slightly, slightly out of his reach, but he had his fingertips on it. Mayfield missed Rashard Higgins wide open in the end zone. Oh, yeah, that's another reason why it's going to be a little tough to trust Jarvis Landry. Alameda Zacchaeus dropped a wide-open touchdown. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater missed DJ Moore for a deep touchdown. Christian Kirk dropped a touchdown. It was a tough catch that he would have had to make. Arizona wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson had a touchdown catch overturned. That would have been a Kyler Murray touchdown. It came back to uh, inside the one-yard line, and they couldn't score. Cam Newton came up a yard short of a touchdown. He set up first and goal, and then uh, James White had two rushing touchdowns today, by the way. He finished that drive with a, with a touchdown. Yeah. Circumstantial stuff. 
Love Bill Belichick. <laughs> they were third and fourth downs. That that's who plays on third and fourth down for the. Damian Harris was in for one of them. They faked it to him, right? Yeah. On and uh, then tossed to White. Mm-hmm. Was that the case? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I didn't know if Harris was in on that play or not, but yeah. Okay. They they tried to get Harris in the end zone. Hey, by the way, he had his chances. You know who loves yards per carry? Let me tell you this story real quick. We we talked to Legarrette Blunt today on uh, on Twitch. He was awesome, and he told us uh, about when he went to the Eagles and the Patriots gave him this weird contract that kind of tethered him to the Patriots and he ended up going to the Eagles, but they had to give up compensation for him and he was pissed. And he said he was talking on the phone with Bill Belichick and, and he's like, come on, you know, Bill, like I want to come back. You know, he's, and he loves Bill Belichick, loves Bill Belichick. Bill calls him back and says, look, you know, we love you and all, but you just had your worst yards per carry of your career. And Lou Garibald was like, are you bleeping kidding me? Whatever. And I was thinking to myself, Oh, Bill Belichick. Guy knows his football. Yards YPC per for life. YPC. Austin Eckler came up a yard short of a touchdown catch, and then Josh Kelly scored on the next play. And Naeem Hines came up, came up a yard short of a rushing touchdown as well. I, I've got a fun almost touchdown just because of what happened in that game. Um, Patrick Mahomes threw for like 450 yards. He had Michael Hardman mm-hmm. in the seam for like a 75-yard. There was nobody within 20 yards of Michael Hardman. And... Mahomes was has already tweeted about it. Hardman took the blame, but I think it was probably Mahomes' fault. But yeah, it should have been even better. And he almost caught a touchdown from Travis Kelsey. They ran a trick play the there. Throwers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, winners and losers, guys. Here we go. You've got Latavius Murray Heath as a winner. So obviously, Kamara, we got some concerns. But do you think that Latavius Murray is someone that we could uh, potentially start? I put these things separate because I do kind of think they're separate. I don't think Latavius Murray is the problem for Alvin Kamara. I think Taysom Hill is the problem. But Taysom Hill is a bit of an advantage for Latavius Murray because he gives defenses something else to look for. Generally, when Drew Brees takes three steps backwards and puts the ball in Latavius Murray's gut, defenses know they're either going to run the ball up the middle or they're going to throw it three yards away. Now they have to worry about the other guy running. So I, I think he's going to be a, a high-end flex for as long as Hill's a starter. Okay. you Are you going to start Latavius Murray at Atlanta or Wayne Gallman at Seattle? Probably Gallman. <laughs> okay. Thank you for saying it that way. Rob Gronkowski is your other winner. Six catches and 106 yards on seven targets against Kansas City. And these were downfield targets yes. to Rob Gronkowski. Um, I don't think fantasy managers can just expect this or think he's going to be a top five tight end rest of season. But I was a little concerned after the first couple of games with Antonio Brown. Like he had one game saved by a touchdown, but his target share was dwindling. This was enough to keep him in my lineup. Okay. Yeah, I'm, we're going to look at the leaderboard. Actually, so... I'm trying to think who the best tight ends were today. It was Gronkowski number one. Wasn't a huge week for tight ends, was it? Somebody had to have scored, right? Yeah. Hunter Henry had a good Hunter day. Henry had had And Kelsey was good. He was like was 86. Your boy Ingram. Ingram. Was good. Who was? Oh, Evan Ingram. That's Three right. Evan Ingram, yeah. yeah. Evan Ingram and Gronk and legendary tight end Trey Burton, ah, each uh, with 10 non-PPR fantasy points. But if we kick it over to PPR land, let's kick it. it's 16 for Gronk and Ingram each. Oh, how about that? No, I'm sorry. 18 for Ingram. Ingram no, so Ingram had a fumble. 16. That's why, yeah, right? He 16. had more yards. All right, Dave, your winners, Austin Eckler, who has played four games, not including the one he left with an injury, and three of them, in fact, all three that with uh, Justin Herbert. He's had 
like 130 or more total yards. It's been incredible. He had 11 catches today. And Cam Akers. Talk to me about Eckler and Akers. Eckler's pretty obvious. We love the fact that he had all those targets and that he he played a lot, and there's no one else for now that's going to take him off the field in that Chargers offense. And love the involvement that he'll have when they're playing from behind, which is pretty much every single game that they're in. Akers had one carry in the first half against San Francisco. Daryl Henderson had nine. Henderson averaged 1.9 yards per carry. YPC for life, everybody. For life. Yeah. And then uh, in the second half, the Rams said, okay, let's see what the what the kid can do. And he didn't have a ton of carries in the second half, but what he did have were a lot of yards and a touchdown. And I think we saw the switch. I think we finally saw it. And I'm hoping that we see a lot more of Cam Akers moving forward. And of course, we know what to do with Eckler. We're starting his his beautiful shiny dome. Okay, moving moving ahead here. Acres is only forty seven percent rostered, so yeah, he'll be one of the most popular guys off the waiver wire. Yeah, but we've been talking about him for weeks as go get him, go stash him, go go go, and no one did it. You know who else? Have you ever heard like the story that, about the little boy that cried wolf? No, no, I have not. What's this? This, uh, this boy was a uh, shepherd, and his job was just to sit up on the hill just outside minute. the city. How and watch old is the sheep. this boy? How old what? is this boy? How old he is was, he? He was like 12, and he'd get and he's super, got a job, and that's a pretty important job. If yeah, you're super boring though. Now, just which sit city there was this? Boston. And so he would holler, wolf, wolf. So people would come running from the city to defend the sheep just because he was bored and he wanted to see people. And finally, they just stopped listening. They stopped coming. And then a wolf came and he hollered and nobody came and he ate all the sheep. I see where you're going with this. All the sheep. Mm. I see where you're you're saying that uh, Cam Akers is a wolf. He's going to eat the other sheep. No, I'm just explaining why Cam Cam Akers Akers is is the boy. He's, He's a boy who's got an important job. He's a shepherd. I get it. Uh, yeah, no, look, I'm hopeful for him. The other guy that, that we've been saying that you should pick up is Debo Samuel, and he was fantastic today. So that's another guy that's going to be a hot waiver wire priority. So the winners for Dave were Eckler and Cam Akers. For Heath, they were Latavius Murray and Rob Gronkowski. Let's go to the losers. Mike Williams, Heath, he was started in only 35% of leagues. I don't know if I've said this yet, but this is the second time that the Chargers have gone across the country and played a 1 p.m. game, and both times Herbert wasn't nearly as good and Mike Williams was pretty bad, so you can tell me if that means anything to you. They don't have any more cross-country trips. Mike Williams and Jamison Crowder. Uh, which one would you rather have? They're both they're your two losers, Crowder and Mike Williams. Who would you rather have, and are either of them droppable? I think they're both droppable. Um, I don't necessarily want to drop them. This will not be a spite dropping, but I would drop either for Debo Samuel. I would drop either for Cam Akers. Uh, For Crowder, it was I felt okay just buying into the narrative that because they were switching back to Sam Darnold, he would be the number one wide receiver again, and both Denzel Mims and Brashad Perryman out-targeted him. And so this doesn't look like it was just a Joe Flacco thing. Best case scenario, I think you could project a three-way split of targets, and a three-way split of New York Jet targets is not something that makes you a startable fantasy wide receiver, um, especially when you're a slot guy that averages like seven yards a target. And then Williams, I just wonder, is it possible for him to be anywhere close to consistently good if we're getting 10 targets a game for Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry's the third option in the passing game? So you think Eckler is a big problem for Mike Williams. I think well, Eckler, 
yeah, it could be a big problem for Mike Williams. Well, Eckler I mean, Brinson basically had thirty percent of the target share. Today. Sure, but Brinson brought it up that maybe he'd be a bigger problem on Twitch today. That maybe he'd be a, be a, a bigger problem for Keenan Allen. He's going to be a big problem for all those guys. Yeah. Well, he's not going to have First 11. He's back, not going to have 11 catches. Targets. Okay, but he's obviously not going to do that. So let's not overreact to to that number. Yeah, there's no um he had but first game back he had a 30% target share mm-hmm. and I think at the beginning of the year I was probably projecting a 20% target share for Austin Eckler. And Keenan Allen's been a 30% guy and Hunter Henry's been around 20%. So I just think like if 70% of the targets are going to three guys, that doesn't leave very much for Mike Williams because they still throw a couple shots to Jalen Guyton and others. Okay. Eckler's and- last full game, he caught 11 targets. Yeah, I, I, I know. He, target rate. He has had two 11 that catch was, games. It, that was about 21 or 22% of the target share from Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, he's pretty awesome. You're happy to have him back. That's great. Uh, and, and also, like, let's say Bashad Perryman, 79 yards or a touchdown in three straight games. Denzel yep. Mims, three straight games with seven, they eight targets okay. and 62 to 71 yards. Yeah, so if I'm a Jet problem. fan, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about the future of Denzel Mims. Although he did get hurt in the game, came back in, and then he had a long catch and run, and he did not look like the speedy receiver that I remember from Baylor on that play. So I wonder if he's not at 100%. But he, he laid out for catches. He played well. Perryman looked pretty good. Darnold did not look good. Offensive All right, Dave. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to uh, your losers here. Zach Moss, nine carries, two catches. Devin Singletary had two more carries, one more catch. Singletary also had a fumble. But what's your takeaway on Zach Moss? And uh, we'll get your other loser after that. I don't think he's going to break out as the main running back after all in Buffalo. There's two things in play. One, Singletary came out of the bye and he looked pretty good. And two, we know that Buffalo usually doesn't like to run the football as much as they did in this game against the Chargers. Okay. And then Brian Hill is your other loser. Because I'm tired of talking about him. We did it last year. When Devontae Freeman got hurt and we got all excited about Brian Hill and he had this big opportunity and he was in the spotlight and he shriveled. And then this is the boy who cried wolf right here because here he is again, big opportunity. Meow. Nothing's doing with him. And then it was Ito Smith that was eating the clock. Was the, that the lamb the, or the wolf? <laughs> that was the, uh, that was the where, where, lamb. Where was there a lamb in the story? Or is that the same as the sheep? Yeah, sheep is the grown-up <laughs> lamb, right? So we could call them CD sheep. Do sheeps become lambs? They do, right? Have you ever had sheep chops? I'm learning delicious. so much about animals uh, with raising a kid. That sounded more like a cat than a sheep lamb. Uh, a lamb is a, a sheep under one year of age. Okay, thank you. Did you just Google that or did you know that? I, I I googled it. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. I feel less stupid. Uh, all right. So that would be that. Brian Hill. Yeah, he did have seven carries in the first half. Edo Smith had three carries. Smith got a lot more work down the stretch. It was an absolute blowout. Forty-three to six over Las Vegas. Man, one team was a rooster and one team was a chicken. <laughs> Oh gosh, like roosters, chickens, hens, forget it, man. I don't know. They're all they're not turkeys. By the way, Heath, uh the, my turkey was delicious. I've been having it for the past four days. It was really good. I've a newfound respect for turkey. 
do you still have some turkey left? I have an entire gallon Ziploc bag of turkey left. My, my so wife much. made a fantastic turkey leftover pasta. Ooh. With turkey and bacon and Alfredo sauce mm. and peas. Mm. I outgrew and bacon, as you recall. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> you, it wouldn't be near as good. But you could have it without the bacon. All right, guys. Could you have it with pesto? I had pesto today, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you could. Pesto's so good. Pesto goes with everything. It really does, just like raisins. Okay, let's take a look at the leaderboard for week 12. Your top quarterbacks. So, thankfully, Mahomes and Brady came through, and Aaron Rodgers, oh my God, I just saw the score. All right, I guess I don't need to watch that game. No, I'll watch it. But 27-3, what is that, at halftime? My goodness. Um, thankfully, Mahomes and Brady came through, because what you had at the end of the 1 o'clock games, you had Cousins, Tannehill, Fitzpatrick, Mayfield, these were the best quarterbacks, and none of them were started in more than 30% of leagues. This is not including Deshaun Watson. So we needed some better results in the later games, and we're getting it from Mahomes, and we're getting it from Brady and, and currently Rodgers. So it's Watson, Mahomes, Cousins, Brady, Rodgers, your top four, followed by Fitzpatrick, Baker Mayfield, Phillip Rivers, Mike Glennon, and then Ryan Tannehill at 20 fantasy points. Um, but let's let's go to Kirk Cousins. He did throw the ball a lot today. He did not have Adam Thielen. He did not have Irv Smith, but it didn't matter. And Jefferson caught two touchdowns. But yeah, like he's he's really having a tremendous stretch here. Um, and Jacksonville next week. So uh, what do you think? Is Kirk Cousins a must-add? He's pro- I've Can resisted we- this, but he's yeah. probably he's probably the the best streaming quarterback for next week. Like, how could he not be? Who's going to be better? I don't even know who's going to play next week, Dave. Well, I mean, we we can always assume that everybody who did play will play. Well, again. let's just say hypothetically, and this is this is a, an imaginary world, but hypothetically on Tuesday night, Robert Griffin III scores 20 fantasy points against the Steelers. And then we find out Lamar Jackson's not going to play in week 13 yeah, right. and they face I the Cowboys. I think he's a long shot to play as it is. Sure, then maybe you'd consider RG3, but we don't know that that's going to be the case yet. Narrator, it won't be. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 20-plus, four straight games now, and he's got Jacksonville. It's pretty easy to make the case for him. One more guy. And if, and if Dalvin Cook is a little banged up, yeah. it makes it all the better to go with Cousins. Schrager came up with a good one, though. Who's that? By the way, um, Coach Brian Flores said that when two is healthy, he's the guy. But let's assume he's not. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets Cincinnati next week. Oh, it's Fitz magic over over Kirk Cousins. I'd like to to say that with the type of confidence you just did, but Fitzpatrick did not look great. He had some nice throws, but he had a lot of those old school helium balloons, as it is a Prisco um, likes to say. I know it, it is a great matchup. I it's agree a no, it's a great it's week a for streaming quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look, Fitzpatrick, he scored four points in week one at New England. This is six point per passing touchdown leagues. Here are his fantasy points since 28, 27, 20, 33, 21. And what did he have today? 22? Something like that. So he has been over 20 fantasy points every week. He had 23 this week uh, since week one. All right. Like he's going to be, he's going to be popular as well. Running backs, running backs, your top running backs this week. Derrick Henry, most of it in the first half. But 178 oh, yards and three touchdowns, and he is just, this is his time of year, man. It's that along with the fact that the Colts were down two defensive linemen. One of them was yeah. all pro DeForest Buckner. And from the literally the very first play of the game, 
Indianapolis did not have an answer for what the Titans were doing. Should also not note until, not till like the third quarter anyway. Should also note that Ryan Tannehill, one of Derrick Henry's touchdowns was considered a run. It was almost the pass. You know, it was it ended up not being a forward pass, so mm-hmm. that took a touchdown away from Tannehill, or he would have had a really big game. Right, but then Tannehill took a touchdown away from Derrick Henry. How with his rush? Yeah, yeah. that's a little like, bit different. I mean, it was I think it was originally know, ruled, know, but it would have been nice to have yeah. Henry find the end zone four times instead of three. Not Henry for me. Just went Colts, Ravens, Colts, mm-hmm. and walked away with four hundred yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> Yeah, what's yep, the rest of the schedule? Uh, now is when the schedule gets easy. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Uh, All right, you got Browns it. Browns and yeah. Jacksonville coming up next. Actually, two good run defenses, but yeah. Who he'll, cares? He'll, he'll kill them. Okay, you, you, let's you, move on. You tell me he's taking on the 2,000 Ravens and the 85 Bears, and I'm still starting to The Browns' run defense didn't look spectacular today. No. Uh, and neither did the Jaguars for that. Well, Nick Chubb runs on everyone. Latavius Murray is three. Nick Chubb is for Nick Chubb is a guaranteed hundred yard game. Uh, and he actually He's caught great. three passes. He's incredible. And James Robinson just keeps it going. Five catches. We, huge. We were a little worried about him keeping it going. And here he is, man. He's, he's awesome. We're going to agree not to do that anymore. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, I yeah. mean, I, it's not like we were saying, Oh, you should sit James Robinson, but we were just a little concerned about him being able to keep it up. Once upon a time, like in week four or whatever, when they were facing the, the Bengals, I said I'd rather have James Robinson than Joe Mixon rest of the season. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever say something and then immediately you feel like you just said the dumbest thing and everyone's going to oh, hate Oh, every time for- I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I'm so glad I said that because he's he is the best draft pick of the year, not even close. At Minnesota, then Tennessee, then at Baltimore, Chicago in Week 16. So maybe we saw those games against the Ravens and the Bears, and we hit the brakes a little bit. But well, there, there's no more brakes with James Robinson. Steelers and out. even the Browns. Browns were Browns were giving up the third fewest fantasy points to running backs. All right, here we go. Wide receivers: Tyree Kill, uh, 269 yards and three touchdowns, and he had 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter. Will Fuller is number two. Jarvis Landry, three. Justin Jefferson, four. Amari Cooper, five. Mike Evans is six. Or tied, actually, with Cooper in non-PPR. Evans had only 50 yards, but it's amazing. Every time they're in the end zone, it's either Gronk or Evans, it seems. He caught two touchdowns. And how about Robbie Anderson? Finally, four catches, 94 yards, and his second touchdown of the season. So, and he did it before DJ Moore got hurt. Yeah. Let me see. Let me check his start percentage real quick. But any takeaways from like Mike Evans or Robbie Anderson or Justin Jefferson? I think you can call Mike Evans the Todd Gurley of running backs, but this is one that we actually feel good about starting each week. There's no doubting Mike Evans anymore as whether or not you should start or sit him. Tom Brady clearly looks for him in the end zone. I love nine targets. He's had at least that many three straight games. The 100 yard games will be rare for him. I think that's pretty clear. But as a red zone magnet in Tampa Bay, yes, Mike Evans is fine. Robbie Anderson was started in 68% of CBS leagues. And good job, like, guys. Yeah, pretty good. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. And remember, the, the, we were not this excited about Mike Evans when Antonio Brown was coming back. Mike, I'm talking about Robbie Anderson, though. I know, but I'm just oh. saying. No, okay. I, th- I think... A lot of the, like, there's been so many dumb things that we've said about, like, but the Mike Evans thing, I don't really think, 
Like that's kind of borne itself out. The the yardage and the, the targets have been pretty inconsistent. He's just continued to score all the touchdowns. He's had nine targets, three straight games. Well, nine plus three straight games. Yards, though. Is that correct? Yes. I'm looking right at it. Nine, nine, eleven. Mm. Okay. Three straight games. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird so to me that was... that's the guy that Brady seems to favor because that just you know, it, it kind of breaks the the preconceived notion that he only likes the slot guys and only throws short. But he's still not not hitting any deep balls. I mean, he was terrible again today on the deep balls. Terrible. He Gosh, hit, one of those picks. He had he had two or three deep balls in that game. I I saw who Evans or Brady. Brady. I I thought maybe more. I thought he was awful on deep balls. No, I th- I, th- I said he hit two or three. He hit two or three. He threw one interception. I don't know. I thought he was dreadful on the on the deep ball. You didn't. I thought he was better. Tony Romo thought he was better. He was he was talking about how they'd really found something. Um, I but I don't know. Um, what does he know? What it was exactly. <laughs> what does he know? All right, Trey Burton and Evan Ingram and Rob Gronkowski are your best tight ends. Ingram and Gronk going over 100 yards. Logan Thomas with 20 yards and a touchdown. And Mike Kosicki with 35 yards and a touchdown. They are next up. Hawkinson had a really good game, but he didn't score. Same with Kelsey. They both had over 80 yards. Um, do you guys have uh, like a desire to add Mike Kosicki with Fitzpatrick? Yes. We're, we're, we're done with John New now, right? I mean, he didn't even have a target today. John No. Yeah. And I think it's pretty easy to get away from Noah Fant. Heath, make a funny No, I can't. About, no. Sorry. Didn't mean to put you on the spot like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gasicki's someone that you, you hope can put together some yardage. Did the Bengals say? Fant had 100% yeah. of his team's catches and yards today. I know. Gasicki gets the Bengals next week. Did they struggle against the tight end today? Just a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. To the games. Now, to be fair, Gasicki was one of three tight ends that were part of the Dolphins game plan. Like, Durham Smythe was getting involved, and then Shaheen catches a ball at, like, the two. <laughs> the Jets tackle him into the end zone. <laughs> They're so bad. Oh, the Jets. All right, Buffalo 27, Chargers 17. Heath, I'm going to give you a few seconds to think of a believe it or not So we begin our game recaps here. We're going to do this in 20 minutes, guys. Every game in 20 minutes. Believe it or not, for Buffalo and Los Angeles. Believe it or not, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are really the only Bills that need to be rostered. No way. I don't believe it. Who now, then? Of course, I have to name who, who can be rostered. I still think there's a place for Beasley. I still think he's useful in PPR leagues. And even though Zach Moss is a loser for me, I'm not punting him off my squad. He's, he and Singletary both warrant running back depth. I think because, and I'm going to propose something for the rest of the podcast, because I, I don't think anybody really wants to start Cam Akers next week, but we all want to roster Cam Akers and he's available in like half of leagues. I think Cam Akers should be the line. Like um, he is someone yeah. you're okay. adding to put on your bench. You're not adding I, him to so, start. Okay, so am I dropping Singletary or Zach Moss to get Cam Akers? Yes. You bet your butt I am. Devin Singletary hasn't scored a touchdown this year. They scored one, and Zach Moss missed that game. So he just is never in a good position to score. So keep that in mind. Um, what about Cole Beasley? Do you hang on to him? It was Gabriel Davis today, 
And also, like... I'm a throw from Cole Beasley. <laughs> that's true. That is true. What did you make of Josh Allen's kind of bad performance against one of the worst defenses in football? He only scored 17 points, and is this another version of who of Matt Ryan can't do well without Julio, and it seems like Josh Allen can't do well without John Brown? Oh, I have a feeling in, we'll hear about that this week. They came in with like a game plan of running the ball. He threw 24 passes in the game. Um, I like, he wasn't particularly great either, but I, I don't, I'm not going to hold this performance against him. Okay. I need to see something real quick. I'm opening up the game book. I'd like to know how many carries the bills had at halftime. I have the answer. Any guesses, any guesses carries counting Josh, Josh Allen. No, just Singletary and Moss nine, 12. You're both too high. It's eight, four for Singletary, four for Moss. Allen had five carries, so he had more than each of his running backs. He also attempted 13 passes in the first half. So I don't know if their game plan coming in was to run the football more. I think they were trying to consume the time of possession in the second half by using their running backs. He threw 13 passes in the first half and 11 in the second. Right. So in the second half of the game, when they were leading... If he would have thrown the same number in the second half, he would have thrown 26 passes in the game. It still would have been a really low number. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's a fair point too. But I think it's, it's, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the chargers weren't pushing the score. And we talk about game script and game flow all the time. I thought this was going to be a much higher scoring game. How much faith do you have? Let me, let me sum it up. How much faith do you have in Josh Allen? More than Kyler Murray. But not as much as, where he was earlier in the season, because here comes the tough part of his schedule. Here comes the matchup against San Francisco. That's supposed to be in San Francisco, but now it might be in Arizona. I don't know. Then the Steelers after that, then at Denver and then at the Patriots in week 16. Let's go to our next game. It's Atlanta trouncing Las Vegas, 43 to six. What do we got? Heath? Um, Believe it or not, Josh Jacobs is not, ever going to hold up to a workhorse role for a full season. God, I don't want to say I believe it. I don't want to do it. But I, I think the evidence is overwhelming at this point. He came into this game with a hip injury. He left with an ankle injury. We know that he didn't finish last season. So I, this this is one to file away for 2021 fantasy drafts. Jacobs shouldn't be somebody that you can just blindly take in round one as a must-start guy, he's obviously got some injury concerns. Are you going to go right back to Derek Carr at the Jets next week? Oh, I think Probably. I'm, I'm going to... If we've got a Cam Akers line, we need to have a Ryan Fitzpatrick line. I'd start Fitzmagic over my thing. I would too, but and I think I I'd don't start know. Cousins as well. Okay, I mean, this was a really bad game in a very good season for Carr. And remember, the Jets matchup's not... I don't know if it's great for him just because, well, if Jacobs is out, it's a little bit different. But you know their MO. If they can if they can run the, you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, because he had three straight games, Derek Carr, with 25 or fewer passes, and they won all of them. We're, we're putting Devontae Booker over the Cam Akers line, right? With current information that we have? I think so. If, yeah, yeah, if we know that Jacobs is not going to play next week, then Devontae Booker against the Jets, especially if Jalen Richard isn't back, I think that that's a pretty safe bet. Now, I will say this for the Raiders. They did try to get 
Carr going with the deep ball. He did connect on one deep pass to Henry Ruggs. That was a really nice play. Ruggs nearly scored on the play. There were a couple other deep targets on top of that. Two rugs. Darren Waller was uh, had Waller was like, another one. He, he could have had a touchdown if Carr hadn't underthrown him. Exactly. So they they did try to chuck it deep, and it wasn't necessarily when they were losing big. So that will be a part of their offense, and that will be a risk you take either way with Carr. Where if you if you start him as a streamer, well, you hope that he hits those deep balls. How many will he actually need to hit against the Jets? And on the flip side. If you decide to go with Cousins or Fitzpatrick, you've got to root against those deep passes hitting. Okay, next game is Miami and the Jets. Miami 20, New York Jets 3. And Heath, go. Believe it or not, Frank Gore is a serviceable number two running back without LaMichael P. Ryan. I'm going to get through that sentence. You couldn't even get through that sentence without chuckling. He did look good. But I'm I'm not believing that he's going to get 18 carries every week, 21 touches every week. I don't know. I I, I believe I believe that he can get 15 carries a week. You know, I I I'm going to agree with you or believe it, Heath. I'm going to believe it that he's a serviceable number two running back. Faces the Raiders this week at home. Yeah, they I, they don't have that bad of a run defense, but they're not great. Is that a second consecutive trip across the country for the Raiders? Yep. I mean, Atlanta's not quite across the country, but it's basically across the country. It's far enough. It's a four and a half hour flight from Las Vegas. Dave knows the the, uh, (laughs) flight time to Las Vegas from every major city. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I'll back up on that. In non-PPR, he is. I don't know about the catches. Right, right. He had three catches in this game. I think he and P. Ryan had combined for 20 catches all season going into it. It's just such a such a terrible offense. Ugh, they never score. Ugh. What do you think, Heath? Yeah, I believe it. I think uh, he'll be a low-end number two on an offense full of number twos. Frank Gore, Cam Akers. Who is the Dolphins running back that you're going to pick up? Or are you just um, going to assume that Ahmed or... Gaskin will be back next week. If they're if one of those two is not back, I'm just not going to pick up a. I'm not going to pick up a Dolphins running back. Oh, if but they're playing the Bengals, Washington, they're playing be, the worst run defense, probably the worst run defense in football, if not the worst one of the two or three worst. Yeah, Washington. Okay, and Devontae Parker. Believe it or not, Devontae Parker is about to have a huge finish to the season. Uh, no. I do not believe it. Right, because I, we already said Tua is going to get the job back once he's healthy. Yeah, I just don't like... The Dolphins are going to go beat the Bengals with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they're going to be sitting in playoff position. Like, if the season ended today, the Dolphins would be in the playoffs. And then they're going to go back to Tua for their last three games and miss the playoffs. That doesn't seem like a, a good cultural thing. Mm, I know, yeah, and it's it kind of reminds you of Justin Herbert and Terod Taylor. Eventually, they just had to relent and be like, "We're going back to Taylor. We're going back to Taylor." Uh, okay, actually, we're going to. But they did, they made that decision after they were like, like Taylor wasn't even ready to play until Herbert had already lost four games. Um, the season was over. Yeah, right. It's a bit. It's, it's the opposite. It's like you're going in one situation from the veteran to the youngster because you stink. In one, in the other situation, from the youngster back to the veteran because you're good. And he's playing better. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, Tennessee 46, Indianapolis 26. Uh, takeaways here, or believe it or not, for this one? Um, believe it or not, Naheem Hines is a week 13 starting running back. No, oh, I don't nice. because I Edward. think Taylor's back. That's they play Houston? Yeah, well, they play, they have the, you know, the one of the best matchups. If it's not the Bengals, it's the Texans. He'll probably make my top 24 in PPR. Yeah, but Houston, but I, I, I don't know. He, that's my only thing is like, I think Taylor, as long well, as he I think Taylor, I, that's the whole point. Like if Taylor wasn't going to be back, he definitely would be a starting running back. Oh, okay. Hey, I'd be closer uh, to 15. I, I think there. Taylor would be back too, which means that the range of possibilities for Naheem Hines is one touch or a hundred yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Choose okay. your own adventure. <laughs> Michael Pittman. Are you dropping him for Cam Akers, Devontae Booker, Debo Samuel? If you need a running back for Samuel, yeah. And if you need a running back, he is droppable. But Phillip Rivers was the story here. He really played pathetic football <laughs> until late in the game. I am not going to drop Michael Pittman. Um, and this is a very Heath thing to do because I think I was the low guy on Michael Pittman this week. But he had nine targets and he faces Texans, Raiders, Texans over the next three weeks. Yeah, I I I will probably rank Michael Pittman higher this week than I did last week. <laughs> I don't blame you for that. Yeah. I and then I'm you have to be encouraged by the nine targets, but you've got to be discouraged by how many of them w- weren't catchable. One was a drop for sure, and I I know it's the Texans. It's a great matchup and all that. He'll probably do well in one of those matchups against Houston, and he'll probably be okay against the Raiders. Maybe that means you can't drop him. But I don't think he's a slam dunk start either. He's not going to make my top 24 next week. It's funny how you can, you know, it depends what stats matter to you. Because one week he has three targets, he catches all of them, and he has a huge game. One week he, he has for a touchdown. One week he has nine catch nine targets, he catches a third of them, and he has a bad game. But you have to be encouraged by the targets. So, you know, it's just kind of funny the way it works out. Ryan Tannehill. Well, I think people can definitely get like a... a, a, a peek behind the curtain Yeah, in those times of discussions. Right. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, he scored 20 fantasy points, and that's basically, when he has a tough matchup, that's basically as good as he does. But the tough stretch is over. And now it's Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay in his next four games. And you might hopefully have a great finish from him. Hopefully have a great finish from Corey Davis. We're going to take a quick break on fantasy football today. Come back and recap the rest of the games. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign 
sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Cleveland with a two-point win over the Jaguars. Jaguars fired their GM after the game. Uh, Cleveland 27, Jacksonville 25, Heath Cummings. I'm really curious. Like I already did the Jarvis Landry one. I'm curious what happened in this game that changed something. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. just said it. Now it's time. Wait, Mike Glennon did not look like the future that you were hoping for. <laughs> he was pretty good. Yeah. Well, um, the, G- the GM was probably more excited about Minshew and then probably said, let's go with Luton and see what we've got with him before saying, all right, fine, start Glennon. And it's, you know, the the veteran who's been around the league and has basically been a journeyman ended up playing significantly better than the rookie that the GM picked. Um, believe it or not, Colin Johnson should be rostered in all dynasty leagues. Believe that. Sure. Who shouldn't be rostered in dynasty leagues? There are, there are Old definitely, people. um, Mike, Mike Glennon for one. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Mike Glennon's a good one to keep off the dynasty league rosters. <laughs> uh, all right. What did you, what do you think about Kareem Hunt? He had 10 carries. He had no catches, 62 yards, but he also got a decent amount of work inside the 10 yard line, inside the five yard line, just didn't score. So any comment on Kareem Hunt? I'm going to start him this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think most people will. Giants 19, Cincinnati 17. Uh, Giants had the ball for 37 minutes and 26 seconds. Cincinnati for less than 23 minutes. And uh, what uh, what's the believe it or not for this game? We had the Wayne Gallman one. Do we have anything for... Yeah, actually, one of the ones for the article. Um, just I didn't have it done before I got to sending you the notes. But uh, believe it or not, you should do do your best to not start any Cincinnati Bengals the rest of the year. The two tendencies that I saw with Brandon Allen coming into this game paid off. The first one, and and this is just from what we saw last year. He threw like crazy to Cortland Sutton. He was great for Cortland Sutton. So now he's great for T. Higgins. I don't know if five catches for 44 mm. yards and a touchdown can be considered great. Yeah, if I could pour a little cold water on that. Two of Higgins' catches, it probably went for close to 30 yards, were on third and very, very long. Right, and they so were just, just a little dump off. short catches that he kind of had some hey, yak. If I started T. Higgins, I'll take it anyway. I, I will can too. Get the touchdown was very nice, but there was almost nothing encouraging. I mean... They had a kick return for a touchdown. Otherwise, this game would have been an absolute blowout. And Allen was terrible. The they're they're awful. They're just Allen's terrible. not a good quarterback. Let's make it clear. But th- so that's one tendency is that he does like to favor that number one receiver. And this one goes back to college. He's always been utilizing his tight end. And Drew Sample had five targets, four catches for forty yards. 
So maybe if you're desperate at tight end, Drew Sample could be someone that you take a look at. I believe what he said, though. I don't want to start any of them. Yeah, there's a difference between want and, you know, you're running out of choices and you're just desperate for a guy with a pulse. I don't anticipate ranking any Bengals in my top 50 overall. Um, I don't think I'll have any top 30 running backs and I don't think I'll have any top 30 wide receivers and I don't think I'll have any top 20 tight ends. Assuming Daniel Jones is out for one or two weeks, are we done with Darius Slayton? Are we done with Sterling Shepard, who's been a very solid 10 or more PPR number three kind of wide receiver week in, week out, and he had 13 PPR points this week? Would you drop Slayton and Shepard? Doesn't Colt McCoy seem like the type of quarterback that Sterling Shepard can do okay with? Yes, Dave. Maybe. I don't know. He's Colt McCoy. Yeah. Well, they have Seattle next week. It'll be interesting to see what happens if it's Colt McCoy. Uh, so, what's the answer? You got anything? No, about- I don't. I wouldn't feel great about anybody catching passes from Colt McCoy. But so- can 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 Shepard be counted on for ten in PPR? I think so. I can move on. Let's move on to Minnesota and Carolina. Minnesota twenty-eight, Carolina twenty-seven. Um, believe it or not, Curtis Samuel is worth holding through the bye. Uh-oh. Nope. This guy is breaking out. Like, what? Well, I, I don't. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to pull back. This guy's doing some really good stuff. I don't know if he's breaking out, but his PPR well, fantasy points in his last five games, last six games 16, 21, 26, 3, 21, and 12 today. Like, it's really, really good. Well, and DJ Moore left this game with what looked like a pretty painful ankle injury. If we find out that DJ Moore is done for the year, then of course I'll amend my answer. But Christian McCaffrey is supposed to be coming back in week 14, right? I would imagine that that would hurt a lot of the, the, uh, the touches for Curtis Samuel. If Moore is also on the field. Okay. I don't want to have to do this Mike Davis stuff anymore. So I just, I'm (laughs) sick and tired of it. So yeah. uh, Please come back Christian McCaffrey and for the Vikings. Yeah. I, any interest? If, if Thielen were out again, would you be interested in Chad Beebe or BC Johnson at Jacksonville? Potentially. Home against Rudolph Jacksonville, would be the me. one that I'd love to have. Yeah. Seven catches for 68 yards. Good game for him. Mm-hmm. New England 20, Arizona 17. We did the Kyler Murray one. Uh, okay, I know you can't sell high anymore, but just to give it a perspective on like what we think about him rest of the season, if you could sell high, would you be selling high on Kenyon Drake? Yes. I don't know. I don't like, I don't know the severity of Kyler Murray's shoulder injury and how much they're going to have to manage that for the rest of the season. Like we've definitely had quarterbacks play through short shoulder injuries. And then at the end of the year have to have some sort of procedure. I don't know if this is one of those situations. If it is that he may not be running in the red zone very much the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, my believe it or not was for the Patriots and it was the same one as the Bengals. You'd be better off if you just didn't start any of them. I think it's encouraging that Jacoby Myers had five for 52 on a day that Cam Newton threw for 84 yards, but also Ugh. Myers was horrible last week when Cam Newton threw 40 times because it was all Demir Bird. Yeah, Heath, I, I believe it. I, I'm going to try not to start any Patriots. 
even though they have a dream matchup next week at the Chargers. Dave? That's the thing. Finish it up. Let's go. That matchup. Believe it or not. Good for Cam. Believe it or not. No, I don't believe it. Heath? Uh, I mostly believe it, yeah. San Francisco 23 and the Rams 20. Surprising game here. San Francisco gets the win on the Robbie Gold field goal. What do we got for this one? I'm tired of saying must start. So I'm going to say Debo Samuel will be a set it and forget it. Number two wide receiver. Pretty impressive. 11 catches, 133 yards on 13 targets. And I'd love to know what his dot was in this game because usually it's like at the line of scrimmage. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Set it and forget it. Debo, number two. I'd, I'd love to say yes to that. In a PPR league, I think I can say yes to that. Okay. What we don't know yet, because we've seen this type of target share for Brandon Ayuk when Debo Samuel and George Kittle mm-hmm. went there. Um, so I, I think it will be interesting when Ayuk comes back to see whether this stays. But I think they'll be at number three at worst. Okay. And for the Rams, I mean, Jared Goff is not ever the type of guy where you should say, not this year anyway, you should say, well, look how well he did last week. I got to start him this week. Mm-hmm. He just it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and he had scored two fantasy points in this game, so that was bad. Believe it or not, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are not must-start wide receivers. I don't see how you can leave guys with that type of potential on your bench. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about Debo Samuel as a set-it-and-forget-it number two wide receiver, possibly, and I don't imagine I'm going to rake him higher than those two. Would you rather have, let's say Thielen's back next week, would you rather have Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup? Rest of season. That's close enough that it'll come down to schedule for me, probably, but they'll be in the same, like, all right in the same range. Probably probably Woods for me. Okay. New Orleans 31 and Denver 3. Two games left, guys. What do we got here? Um, There's something from this game? <laughs> What do you think? Yeah. Talk to me about Michael Thomas. Four catches for 50 yards. Taysom Hill only threw 16 passes for 78 yards. <laughs> and they won. Uh, talk to me about Michael Thomas. What do you think about him right now? I'm not so sure that like he's... I hate to say this because he's just going to be really... Yeah. I'm not so sure that he's a must-start wide receiver next week, even against the Falcons. Okay. Dave, you talked about Ro- Robert Woods or Michael Thomas? I mean, I don't all I don't know what the projections are going to say, but okay. my gut says Woods. Yeah, and then Cup too, right? My gut says Cup. They're playing Arizona. Yeah, it's uh, Taysom Hill, the fantasy killer. <laughs> he is not good for fantasy. He's good for him, but not. Nah, we want Drew Brees back. Sorry, Taysom. I I think I can have an easier time separating from Michael Thomas than I can Alvin Kamara, like. If I've got one spot for both of those two, especially if it's non PPR, that that makes it a lot easier. But if I'm if I'm playing devil's advocate here, like he faced he faced Atlanta last week, he had nine catches for 104 yards on 12 targets. I'm not saying I'm definitely sitting him. I know, but why even be down on him? I mean, this is just a weird game where they didn't have to do anything. Denver scored three points and had 112 total yards. And Taysom Hill threw 16 passes. It's kind of like the worst-case scenario for any fantasy player. Taysom Hill's played two games, and he's thrown 39 passes. Most of them have been to Michael Thomas, though. <laughs> That's true. We don't... I, I, I'm not ever probably going to project a 55% target share for anybody. Yeah. 
Like I'm going to have him at 30%, which probably means seven targets next week. Uh, he might get more than that. Like, that. He might, yes. But I'm talking as a mean projection. You're probably looking at five to six catches, which in his career means 60 yards. Well, that is a mean, but stop being so mean. You're going to be do his projections. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he'll probably end up making the top 24, especially in PPR. Thank you. But he's he's not he's not the top 15 receiver. I ranked him as one this week. I did. I thought he'd continue to see a ton of volume. And it just turned out that the game got so one-sided. Chiefs, Bucks, Kansas City 27, Tampa Bay 24. Ronald Jones is better than Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always no waiting for Dave. It. I'm always no waiting for No, it. I'm waiting for you. I think part of the problem is that I, Edwards Hilaire's touches are not what we really want it to be. And I think there is potential for Rojo to have some games where he's like 13 touches. Okay. I know he only had 10 today and he did well with what he had. Uh, I think I, I think I still have to take Edwards Hilaire. I feel I feel dirty saying it. I would take Edwards there. They came into this week, and and Jones has a bye next week, so like this is a point in Clyde Edwards Hilaire's favor. That's true. Yep. Um, but I think after this week, now um, they are separated by seven total yards on the season, and they wow. have scored the same number of touchdowns. Oh my gosh! And um, and then Jones so, has the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Lions to end the year. Yeah, but who does Clyde Edwards-Hilaire have? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And remember, he's got one extra game, so that's just another thing that helps him. You're right Actually, about a that. much harder Broncos, much harder Dolphins, schedule. Saints, Falcons. I think I would say that um, Ronald Jones is going to be better in the fantasy playoffs than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I would believe it. And Adam just threw up in his mouth. Yeah, it's, well, I traded, I traded Ronald Jones two days ago, so... Yeah, I uh, still doing trades after Thanksgiving. It must have. It was right around Thanksgiving. I guess it was probably. I don't know, it was probably. I think it was probably Wednesday. But That's uh, like two days ago. Yeah, I lied. Sorry. Yeah, I. I. You know what bothers me? And David should bother you the most because you were the highest on Ronald Jones. I know the I know. year he could have had if they hadn't signed Leonard Fournette. That he could have. He could have been a top ten. Honestly, got the top seven ish. Running That's back. what I was looking at, and really then could've. I got spooked when they got Fournette too. Well, you were right too because he hasn't he hasn't been worthy of but he must start status whenever is, Fournette is played. He has thirty four or fewer rushing yards in four of his last six games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's. Uh, that's why I traded him. I mean, that's why I traded him. He's just, he's like, <laughs> he's so he's so inconsistent. Arians is crazy when it comes to usage. He doesn't really have a big involvement in the passing game, and he had a, a great touchdown catch this week. That's why I traded him, but, you know. It's not a good offense. All right, I'm going to take Clyde. Dave's taking Clyde, I think. He's taking Jones. <laughs> and that's it. And we're taking a break from Fantasy Football Today just until tomorrow. We'll be back. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk to you then. Make sure you listen to Fantasy Football Today in five. Thanks a lot to Dave and Heath and Ben. I'm Adam. See you Monday. On May 
May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.